The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Middle call! Hey, hey! Welcome back to birthday week here on the Ham Pod. Happy 45th, guy. Happy Thank 45th. You. Thank you. Uh, me and Brady. Only one of you has a happy marriage, though. We think, you know, you know everyone gets to go inside the home. Yeah, TMT's not outside my door, so you wouldn't know. You never know. Uh, we just, what are we, uh, we probably went off, we're probably 14 hours since our last podcast, I think, since our last live stream. I'd bet on Alyssa being a better cook than Giselle. I don't have any proof on Giselle, but I, I would take Alyssa. Probably. Not I, as at rich. about a th- three few, to one favorite. A few bucks low compared, but... I'm just talking cook. I'm not talking resources. Okay, for sure. If you gave her the resources, could get ugly, you know, in those in a massive kitchen with unlimited and helpers too. Yeah, I'd be I'd be three hundred by the end of the year. Yeah, you wouldn't, you know, be hard to look like Tom. That's professional chef. That's that's sometimes the professional chef can help you because they just it's nothing but just uh, you know Chilean sea bass and, but. I don't want Chilean sea bass. No, <laughs> who does? Uh, what's up, everybody? Great to see you if you're here on YouTube. Like I said, we just it is Tuesday midday. We got off around ten thirty, I think, on Monday night Pacific time, and we are back here midday Tuesday with another show. If you're watching this YouTube, great. Subscribe to our channel. Hit that like button. We appreciate that. Uh, comment for the algo or comment with a real take. We appreciate that. We're gonna have a mailbag coming up later in the week so get in the haberman and milkoff mailbag the way you do that is you go to apple podcast you leave us a review we appreciate five stars although john i gotta tell you when you see this week's mailbag we are getting hammered right now in the star game haters gonna hate bro you look like a, a 2007 utah football recruit three stars yeah we'll, we'll ask alex smith what happened you know right. ask uh ask 
I can't think of any of their players in the late 2000s, but I'm sure they had some good ones. Uh, go with uh, Eric Rowe. How, Eric Paul, Weddle. Pa- Paul Kruger. Paul Kruger. That's a good one. Star Lotulele. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was thinking Oregon, but that's Haloti. Same cousin Nata. potential. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it will be a birthday bag coming up. And um, yeah, I actually I did put in the bag this week a Spotify review. Somebody DM me. They said, hey, look, I gave you guys five stars on Spotify, so we answered my question. And uh, I looked the other day. The yeah. pie chart used to be, I think, like 95% Apple Podcasts. You know, yeah. people listen on Apple. Mm-hmm. Spotify's gained a little market share. They're, they're almost at double digits, almost a 10. So, you know, just okay. keep swinging. You know, if you get to 9, 10, 12, I think their goal, you just get 20, 30%. You, you know, you're building a business. Yeah, I mean, look, Apple's been at the game for a long time, right? It's still very, very early in the game. Very Feels like they created the game. They created the game. They did create the game. That's why there's, you know, that's why there's one platform that 92% of the people use. What would we do if they're like, we're going to charge you 50 grand a year? Well, <laughs> they kind of got a lot of us by the balls. Please go, take it easy on us. We'd call Tito's. We'd be like, Tito's, we need a little more. <laughs> yeah. Sleep number. We need a little more. Butcher box, send them some knuckle meat. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka, as it turns out, which is uh, unofficially the sponsor of Birthday Week here on the uh, Ham Podcast. Just turns out that both of us uh, were born this week, and it uh, just turns out that we both have plenty of Tito's on hand. So Tito's Handmade Vodka, it is uh, America's original craft vodka. It creates so many of the official drinks of the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast. We did get a text from our guy Devin the other day. He said our cans are in. We got our you know, the cans that took the world by storm, the can drink, the empties that you can make your own, take it on the course with you, whatever, have it on your zoom and, um, enjoy, uh, Tito's vodka.com too. So many great recipes for Halloween. Ow. So, uh, you can go check out the uh, Tito's vodka, John. It's well, what else could you ask for? Yeah. Ha- I, what we want you to do this week is if you got, I'm sure you do in your freezer. If you're out and about Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whenever, Sunday afternoon, watching the Niner game. Have a Tito's and cheers. Haberman hey, Middlecoff, birthday week. Just do, do this for Tito's. Do it for our, our parents for conceiving us and creating this podcast. Because without our birthdays and nine months before when we were originally born in 1985 and 1984, this would never exist. So, and never would have led to one of the greatest partnerships we've ever seen with Tito's. I'm literally wearing a polo right now, Tito's. I have about 50 of them and I love them. Yep. Tito's Handmade Vodka John Bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Do me a favor. When you get when you talk to your mom, ask her, because my mom the other day called me to tell me that when I was born, I had a, a big scowl on my face and I looked like I didn't want to be there. As if like I'm the only baby who came out with a scowl on his face. But you, know, you can lean a little negative. That, that was a preview of my personality. So just ask your mom, what did you, what, what expression did you have on your face? I, I was wrapped around. I, I, I was, I wasn't breathing. I mean, You're I'm a fighter. Some say I'm a miracle baby. I, fighter. I honestly though, I had the thing fighter. wrapped around and I was, got big. yeah, just, uh, but I, I, I unwrapped it, I guess as zero years old, I unwrapped uh, it and I said, Hey, and I started waving at everybody. You, you pulled out a, uh, you pulled out a <laughs> knife. You just cut. I said, go Raiders. It was somewhat, yes, somewhat symbolic of what you would encounter in the radio business some uh, 31 years later or whatever it was, you know. 
I've been here somewhere deep down. Your body was like, I've been here before. Yeah, survival mode, baby. God against the world. Uh, so, congrats. congrats to you. But nonetheless, after you congrats after, to us on life, you know, ask your mom. Uh, and, hey, and thanks to everybody out there, Tito's included, for uh, helping us, uh, helping us continue this endeavor. Uh, endeavor. When it's your birthday, you start reflecting on things. You do, as always. And uh, one thing I reflect on is how thankful I am for this. So, thanks to everybody. Seriously, I'm wearing this promo code ham hat, which, uh, Somebody suggested might have been your first words at the hospital. Ten percent off your uh, overnight stay. Uh, try that at the local uh, local hospital. Uh, we're also sponsored by we're also sponsored by ButcherBox, John. This is good. You know? Yeah, let's get on to the next piece of business. ButcherBox.com slash ham. ButcherBox.com slash ham. You can get free steak. You can get free lobster. Plus ten bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Yep, guy. Uh, you get free shipping in the continental U.S. No big deal. Listen, here's the thing with ButcherBox. You go there, you put together a box. Chicken, uh, red meat, steaks, ground beef. They have lobsters. We've had ribs. You get it all, and you create it, and you get it sent to yourself. But before you do, you use the promo code HAM and ButcherBox.com slash HAM to get a bunch of free stuff because that's the key here, guy. You get free steaks, you get free lobster, and you get free knuckle meat. Yeah, it's 10 it, from the lobster, the knuckle, two 10 ounce New York strip steaks and eight ounce of lobster claw knuckle meat free in your first order, plus the 10 bucks off. Just go to uh, butcherbox.com slash ham. And if you don't want to do all the picking, if you're like, ah, it's too much decision making, it, it paralyzes me. That's fine. They've got boxes pre-made, you know, kind of you can do the curated uh, or I guess you can do the customized or you can do the curated, which is the ones they already have kind of organized for you. It's all going to be an amazing value. So right now, butcherbox.com slash ham, two 10-ounce New York strip steaks, eight ounces of lobster claw, and knuckle meat full free in your first order plus 10 bucks off. Do you think Kyle gave Sean McVay the knuckle sandwich last night? Boy, I mean, knuckle sandwich or just thankful? Like, if Mark Gray, are the Rams the Niners slump buster, a.k.a. Mark Grace? Uh, suspended from TV for talking about Slumbusters one time many years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they kind of are their Slumbuster, are they not? They really they are. are. Without the Rams. If you would have told me last night was the Eagles or last night was Tampa, it just, I don't know if we're sitting here like this, you know, but you tell me it's the Rams. What what did Alex Smith you say he said last night? Like, of course I'm picking the Niners. I've seen this movie before. Yeah, Alex Smith said I just saw this game on Monday. He said this before the game. I just saw this game last year on Monday Night Football. I'm going with the Niners. Yeah, RG three said not so fast, my friend. <laughs> and Bob tried to say, hey, what did he say? The pupil has become the master. Uh, yeah, basically. The student. Yeah, well, the, the the student it turns out is still not quite the master. Uh, Kyle just kicks his ass. Not a championship, <laughs> though. So does have a championship. You don't want to matter in playoffs. Don't take yeah, anything, I, anything away. You said seven of eight, right? The Niners would yeah. Kyle trade those seven for the one and you'd rather ball. be one of yes, one and seven head to head, but the one was in the NFC championship game to go on and win the championship. Yeah. The crazy thing is the majority of those wins, including a large percentage of the NFC championship game, have looked very similar. Did you see I, I Instagrammed it? They they put the three pick sixes side by side, two Stafford and one Goff on like outside throw where they mm -hmm. picked it all off. No. They all ended up in the DB's hand. One was like a true pick. The others kind of were tipped, but they were all 
the Niners have had three pick sixes against the Rams in recent years on, on a similar kind of quick screeny play. Wow. I did not see that, but I will go look for that. And then I, I was telling you before, you know, you and I, your career was off and running, but when I got into talking, the Niners-Seattle rivalry was really in its heyday. And there was like a level of respect of just two dudes that like get inside the UFC, you know, the octagon. Once you're done, you just kind of like give the guy a nod as one guy's nose is pointing the other way. And the other guy that just one has a broken arm. And it's just like, we are two crazy motherfuckers. This, this is a crazy way of life. And while I'm a champion and you lost, I, I respect what just went down here for the last 12 minutes in this bad boy with Rogan, with a microphone in my face. It felt a little bit like that with the Niners in Seattle. Remember Richard Sherman, the Turkey at the 50 happened after Harbaugh like when the Niners became a joke. But when Jim was there, it felt like an all-out, just heavyweight brawl. And it wasn't that much like everyone on the field knew at any moment anyone could have a leg-shattered concussion. I mean, it was just you on the edge of your seat physicality-wise, a little bit like previously the Ravens and Steelers, kind of in our collegiate years, just a war, right? This feels... Unlike that, kind of the opposite, where the Niners consistently kind of mock those guys. And there's just kind of running element of this with Kyle and Sean, but it doesn't feel like their rivalry, like it did with Jim and Pete and the team. It more feels like the Niners, I think they respect 99, but the rest of the team, like is Richard constantly tweeting about Matt Stafford somewhat indicative of the way some of those guys feel as well. Like this whole Maybe. thing, like these guys are fucking overrated because clearly Maybe. Richard feels in a weird way, much closer to this Niner team and rooting them on than he does Seattle. Obviously they have probably a higher ceiling, so it's easier to do, but like these I, are his I, guys. I do think if we were to sidebar and Richard for a second, you know, Richard experienced the quarterback in, who in his mind got too much credit for being the quarterback. Richard had seen Kaepernick and Crabtree get a lot of love. And what did he tell Aaron Andrews? Don't test me with a, what do you say? A sorry ass receiver. Sorry ass wide receiver. Yeah. Sorry ass wide receiver like Crabtree. Um, Richard, I think, think Stafford has never won anything and got, I mean, up until last year, right? I'm just Super Bowl champ. The mindset. <laughs> no, no, I understand. I'm just saying, like, has for a long time had this opinion that, that, um, you know, he didn't earn, he didn't have the right to all the credit he was getting. So I do think Richard probably fundamentally just leans that way. As a defensive player, the offensive guys get too much. Way more credit. money. Yeah, way, more yeah credit. way more money, way more attention, way more love, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, a cornerback gets beat once and we're like, God, he, he sucks. He's like, well, what about the other 50 snaps that I won on? What about those, right? Uh, easier to give credit to the guy who catches one touchdown pass and seven targets when he got shut down six other times. So maybe that's part of it. I, I think probably, you know, the one thing we have seen, though, even though the rivalry in terms of the wins and losses isn't even, it does feel like last night there was a scuffle multiple times. Ramsey is just on edge. Bobby Wagner, I don't think, is particularly liked by the 49ers players. I, I felt like I uke through his hat in the ring last night, right, of like, yeah. hey, motherfuckers, I'm here to stay. Yep, yep. Debo throws himself around. Um, D- I mean, Debo kind Jimmy, of mocked Jalen. Didn't know what he was doing. Mocked Jimmy kind of – Jimmy, uh, when Jalen – when, well, when Jalen knocked that like screen pass down, he started talking to Jimmy, and you could tell Jimmy was yapping back with him. 
So there is something there. Like I think there's it's not Seattle, but I'm not saying there's not like respect while the game's going on and it's physical and like people are getting lit up left and right because it is. It has similarities to like a really good rivalry. I'm talking after the game, how openly they talk, how they don't respect the that that's a little unique to this rivalry that doesn't parallel the Niners Seattle. What was what was something in particular said that well, Debo kind of made fun of Jalen Ramsey. It just feels like the last couple of years they've just the, the respect level. Like I don't think they view them as as good as us casually on the outside. I would say the league. <laughs> I, I I wonder if they deep down don't respect them quite as much as is I think people would just assume they do as an opponent. Maybe they think they're tougher. Well, they clearly are physically. Yeah, you know, over time they shove them around. I just, it's hard when the other team has won the championship and you haven't, and they went through you to get it. Like, you I know, that's give them some basic level. Well, I, I guess maybe we have to. They they don't, I, who am I to tell Brandon? I, you, you have to give them, who cares? That's not how it do, works. Do you think the league would sign up for this to be like, I mean, last year, remember Monday Night Football was Rams, uh, Arizona? They would, they, they would sign up for Rams Niners as a playoff game, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, your NFC games, we'll see. I mean, Philly always rates. So Philly, even without anybody controversial. Single we'll, Brady. We'll, we'll see what the Bucks look like, what Brady looks like. You know, is it another run for Brady in the offing? Dallas, you would take it. Green Bay. If, if, if me and you ran the NFL ratings-wise, what would you like the final four NFC, like the second week, right? Yeah, the well, big weekend. Niners, Eagles, Cowboys. You think you'd go Eagles over like Rodgers? Well, I don't, I, I don't know. I think the Eagles I think you'd keep, I think you'd want Brady there. All right. So so you're either taking out one of the you either taking out Philly. I think you take out Philly. Who was Philly when Philly played on Monday night? Well, I guess it was Titans Bills on ESPN and Philly was on ABC. So that's Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you go Green Bay, Tampa. Because I think there's something we'll see with Tampa. I think there's something with Philly that just feels like there is a buzz and a momentum that a new contender gets. And the question ultimately is like, now Green Bay could win this week and be four and one. They play the Giants. Like the Giants or the Packers are going to be four and one. I feel like my first two picks, I know Cowboys really rate, but it's like Rodgers, Brady are just picks. Well, are the Niners in the four? I think, I mean, Dallas would probably have to be in the four because of the brand. But if you said Niners, Rams, Brady Rogers that would also intermix them all. I think you you can't lose. Yeah, I I agree that you can't lose. I think the question is, could you would Philadelphia outrate one of those teams? I think they might. We're going to we might find out because I I think they are on the path to be the number one seed. We know now the number one seed is the only team that gets a buy. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, they're three or four wins away. You they get to eight, nine and oh, it's going to be hard for these other teams. Right. if you had to guess right now, what's going to win the NFC West? 11? Uh, two teams are two and two. Plus They're all two and Cardinals two. Cardinals are two and two, and they play uh, they play Philly this week, right? But I'm just talking about watching all four of them. Like It doesn't feel like there's a 12 and five team yeah. this much. Yeah, 11. You convinced 11. me there might be a tie at 10. I don't think it's inconceivable. They're all got some flaws. They all got some issues. Well, it's not, you know, 2019 when the Niners started. What did they start that year? Six, nine and oh, they nine and oh to start the year. 
Yeah, I mean they went thirteen and three, and they had to win the final game to win the division. Yeah, and there were, there were two other thirteen and three teams, and Seattle was eleven and five, but it was almost twelve and four. You know, if Seattle had won, they'd have been twelve and four. You'd have been twelve and four. They'd have won the division. They each twice, yeah, right. So like that was a year where it was stacked. Minnesota won ten games that year. Um, but you're right. Back to the, huh? Yeah. I, yeah. Back I to your original point, like if Monday Night Football again on October third had been at Philly, because you just made me think, like, what happens if the Niners are going to Philadelphia in the playoffs? Tough what place to play. Well, just tough place to play. But just think about Jalen Ramsey, not Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Hurts. You know, trying to corral Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown and Devontae. Right? They are. They're really dangerous. Goddard's a really good tight end. Miles Sanders is a good running back. But to me, I I feel better about the defense being able to neutralize them. As guy, their defensive line is fantastic. Trent Williams better be healthy, and McGlinchey better figure some stuff out. Yeah, I agree. But I, but I don't think you're holding them to nine points. Oh no, you're not getting the Packer game last year. You're not getting the Rams game Monday night. Like that team is just really too good on offense. Yeah. So. Uh, well, let's talk about the let's talk about it real quick. Here, look, here we go. You 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 sent me this last night. Here are your NFC standings: Philly four and zero, Minnesota three and one, Tampa two and two, Niners four seed two and two, Dallas three and one, Giants three and one, Packers three and one. Those are your top seven. Then the Rams are two and two. Uh. Uh, and they are the the. I, I forgot Minnesota beat Green Bay first week of the season. Yeah, how about them being three and one? Uh, and how about the Giants? So you figure the Giants will fall out of there. I mean, the question is, doesn't feel like there's going to be three NFC teams vying for playoff contention. We'll see. If the Cardinals win this week, you'll have to take them seriously. Um, but of the teams that are not in right now, Dallas is not in. Well, I think the two locks to stay. I'm sorry, Dallas, I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. I had the. Uh, go ahead. The two the two locks to stay is. Tampa's winning that division, right? They are going to be a top four seed. I don't, yeah. I don't know what their overall record is going to be. You convince me it's 10 and seven because they cruise. You convince me because their division, they get to 12, but they're winning that division. So they're going to be, you know, one of the top four teams. And Philly, to me, is winning that division. Now, I could look like an idiot if, you know, Dallas beats the Rams and they, they just keep winning games. Like they're going to, it'll be kind of one of those Seattle Niner thing. Like it's just going to be how they play against the Eagles, right? And last year, they did sweep the Eagles. And if you remember, Jalen Hurts on a Monday night game in Dallas played fucking putrid. So that's, I think Dallas is just thinking, we just got to maintain, sustain with the Eagles, and then we play them twice, right? You're right. Dallas has to feel really, really good. They got a shot if they their, win. Guy, this- their defense is fantastic right now. I mean, they're 3-0 with their backup quarterback. They have, like, Nick Bosa feels like, the defensive player of the year and Michael Parsons feels like the defensive player of the year. So when you have that yeah. and you can kind of build around that, you just cause havoc. I, honestly, I, I kind of like Dallas this weekend against the Rams. Against the Rams. That game's in LA. You think the Rams are a locked playoff team? Um, well, I mean, the thing with the NFC is it's just here are the teams not in the playoffs right now. Rams, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, Bears. Then there's the Panthers, the Saints, the Lions, and Washington. Well, who's better? The the Rams or the Giants? The Rams. The Rams, yeah. Who's better? But that's, the Rams but that's not the way it always works. I mean, no, the Rams. It's, it's not the way it always works, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, I, do, I don't think, I, w- I wouldn't use the word lock necessarily if they lose this week and go to two and three, but 
to me, they're clearly one of the best seven teams in the NFC. I agree, but they're scheduled because the the division plays That's the true. NFC West. Like they got the Niners coming up again in a couple weeks. Then they got Tampa. Then they play the Chiefs. Then they got Vegas. Then they play Green Bay. Then they play the Chargers. You know, it's just they just got a lot of hard games. That like, how are the Rams going to block Chris Jones and Khalil Mack and? But, who, is any, but, but how many teams are really going to run away to the point that the Rams aren't going to be in this thing week 15, 16, 17, 18? I guess my point is it's going to be a little harder. Like, I don't, you know. Yeah. I'm with you. They, they, they should make it. They have one of the best coaches. They still have really good players. But when your offensive line is that shitty, and their offense, I, I listen to a little bit of McVay talking. Like their offense has been really, really bad this year, you know, for their standards and what they're paying some guys, right? I mean, they – they have a $40-plus million quarterback. They got a $30, $28 million wide receiver. I mean, Allen Robinson makes a lot of cash. You know, they drafted running backs high. Tutu was a bust. <laughs> I haven't seen I mean, it. Yeah, well, he sucks. They gave the ball to the other guy from Texas. So, they got issues. They do have issues. They do. And when you watch them, you it is to, is to, to watch them is to realize how great Cooper Cup is for them because he – is clearly the best player they have on offense by a wide margin. Well, like Tampa, right, against the Chiefs, kind of got worked. But I, I, I saw, did you see the stat? The NBC put it up. Brady, when scoring 31 points, was like 125 and four. Like, he's he's never looted. And you yeah. just go, their defense is really rare. good. Who's going to smoke them like Andy and Mahomes? That's probably an 11-win team with ease. And like and you Tom, said, Andy and Mahomes single. really wanted that game. Really, really bad. Tom does have more time for hashtag film study. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I could I, I could see Tom spotted out and about with like Leo. Oh, what what was Leo's group called? The the Pussy Posse. That was like Leo and uh, uh, um, Toby McGuire. I guess they made a movie. I didn't realize this. Somebody sent me a Leo article a few weeks ago. Leo and that crew with Toby and a few other guys. They made a movie in the 90s. I don't remember what it was called. It was like uh, Gangs of New York? No, no. They made a movie that they actually, they, after they saw it, uh, got like a legal injunction to prevent its release because it made them look bad. They didn't like the way it made them look. What are they doing? Chasing chicks? Yeah. I mean, it's just them acting apparently like the way everyone says they just act in real life. <laughs> so they were just being themselves? Yeah, I don't. Again, I haven't seen the movie. There's, I think, there's some way through like some freedom of something, something you can get, you can get a download link to it somehow. Blah 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 blah. But like the guy who made the movie has been banned from releasing the movie. I'd check that out. Yeah, I, I want to find it. But they're all young. Like it was made in the '90s. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that has to do with the standings, but oh, that was a Brady Brady uh, sidebar. Anyway, the Niners win one game. They're right back in that thing. So. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but 
I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions last night i was thinking about ordering out and then i reached into the freezer grabbed some ground beef and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night with butcherbox you don't have to worry about what's for dinner ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get two more like it. And I sent him the Lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts, boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code ham. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app, future you will thank you uh check this out this is uh chris biederman our buddy chris wrote this today i tweeted this nick bosa's approach to the game is considered pretty unique in niners hq but kyle shanahan just mentioned that bosa's mentality uh mentioned bosa's mentality when asked about talanoa hufanga saying their approaches are similar shanahan's not a hyperbole guy so for him to throw that out feels pretty uh notable um and then uh matt barrow's uh, posted the next gen stats who funga reached 21 miles per hour during his interception faster than any Niner ball carrier this year. Uh, Jeff Wilson on his touchdown was 20.8 miles per hour tops for a Niners offensive player. And somebody tweeted at us, JR tweeted us 40 times are close to worthless finally. Um, and while I know you don't love necessarily that perspective, I do think it gives us a chance to talk about a guy who we talked about a little bit on Monday night 
for just his natural kind of feel. And I don't know, maybe his physical talents are better than people realized, but he clearly is one of their, one of their key. He's one of the, he's, he is becoming irreplaceable on their defense. Well, we told the story during training camp about Drake Jackson and Hufunga talking to someone at Niners camp uh, in their front office about, you know, over the Clay Helton era when they lost a lot of games, naturally when you scout players in losing environments, it just, it can be kind of negative. Everyone's losing, you know, it's just, it, it's not a healthy environment. Like you go into Alabama, you go into Ohio State, you go into Georgia. If they are negatively speaking of, upon you, that's a bad thing because everything's positive, right? You're winning, you're champions, you're competing for championships. Everyone's going to the league. It's a focused area. That was the opposite of the Clay Helton era. And as the guy explained to me the difference of like Drake Jackson, who kind of just fell under the category of basically everyone in the program where it was hard to kind of get to the bottom of everything, it was like there wasn't a soul, no matter how many games they lost, that didn't swear by Hufunga. Basically, the way he described it, he rose above it all, which is very rare. And that was, it's pretty crazy watching USC right now under Lincoln, just how impressive, like they feel where they're going, you know? Yep. It's clear like how different it just was. <laughs> and he just said, like, nobody, you couldn't find a human being in the building, no matter how ugly a day, no matter how ugly a game, no matter who just got fired, who had a negative thing to say about Talanohu Funga. And I think he's representing that since he's been here as just a guy who came in. One, when you're a late round draft pick, you're not guaranteed shit. You're not guaranteed to make the team. Now, clearly he had backers on the team, right? I think it's fair to say the head coach and the general manager really like the player. <laughs> he fits a lot of things that they look for. Physical from John, just safety, willing to fucking knock you out. And then Kyle, serious, focus, also physical player. Like they, they, they clearly have a type. And th- but then you got to take advantage. Like even if coaches are rooting for you and giving you some opportunities, you do got to take advantage of them. And this guy has beyond ran with him because last year he's a role player right special teams hitting people came in occasionally made some big plays then has one of the most historic fumble recoveries in the history of the franchise and this year i don't want to say handed a a a starting spot because he had kind of earned it that it had opened up that way but then once the games come you do got to play well and he's he's fucking dominated guy i mean he is he has stood out on a defense full of guys standing out that's what's crazy like yeah. To stand out on this defense, it's it's difficult. And he has – I mean, he's one of their better draft picks, it feels like. I mean, it's so early in his career, but I don't want to go this far yet. But you remember Kittle by about year two, it was like, God, they got – they hit a home run here with a fifth-round pick. He's kind of got that vibe of a six-round pick, doesn't he? Yeah, it goes from, oh, they got some good depth with this guy, good value, to, oh, okay, they've got a start – they've got a solid starter to – Oh, they've got a key part of their defense too. Do they just have one of the best? Because he's he's if he's healthy, he's going to be playing this year on one of the best defenses in the NFL, which means there will be opportunities to make plays all over the field. And then you just start making plays and you start making more plays. I mean, you look back at him, John. He was uh, a first team All American, first team All American. Which you you ha- college football, you have to be a first team All American to qualify for the college football hall of fame. You can't be a college football hall of famer if you were not a first team all American during your college career. So it's a very, I mean, it's a significant honor. Now it doesn't guarantee you any pro success. We know that he was the Pac-12 defensive player of the year. And 
Uh, you know, he got drafted by a team that that values that league. We see a lot of teams on the West Coast. It does feel, I don't know if the numbers reflect this, like the Niners, the Seahawks, the Rams, like guys from Utah, from Washington, from USC. So much it, easier for your scouts and your GM to to see him, right? The, maybe, may, yeah, guys. maybe it's that. So they just, I think you said it. It's, it is, he is such a fit from a personality standpoint with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Like I saw uh, Eric Crocker today tweeted like, how is it that Kyle Shanahan's an offensive genius, and yet his he's got a defensive team? And I, that's kind of what his tweet was. He he got into more specifics, but that's how I remember it. And my response, kind of kidding, was because Kyle Shanahan deep down wishes he was a middle linebacker and not a wide receiver, right? Like deep down, even though Kyle gets kind of this boy genius offensive play caller thing, at his core, his core belief about football is it's about hitting other people hard. Not about running by him or jumping over them. His core belief is it's about being stronger and pushing people. And so, you know, I think sometimes offensive coaches put all of their effort and their attention into having a fun or a great or a high-scoring offense. And a lot of the credit goes to the players they have and to the the player evaluations, Adam Peters and John Lynch, and obviously having good coordinators like Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans. But you do get what you emphasize, and clearly Kyle Shanahan – you know, some offensive coaches, you watch their teams and you go, well, they're getting what they emphasize. And what they emphasize is kind of flashy. When you watch Kyle, I don't think it's he. I, I do think he gets some credit. What he emphasizes clearly is smart, physical, no bullshit, tough nose defense. And everyone says that's what they want a team to be. But they clearly put their he puts his draft capital where his, where his mouth is. Right. Like they draft defensive players a lot. And not just flashy guys. Well, who, who are his favorite players on this team on offense? George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel. All physical ass kickers. Like He's not really in. Like Would you say Andy Reid's one of the rare former offensive linemen who wishes he was a wide receiver? <laughs> <laughs> but like when, you, when I say, what do you think of Andy Reid, right? You think Deshaun Jackson, Tyreek Hill, Shady that, McCoy. That's even like point. they draft Clyde in the first round. Like he, You know what? He likes. He, think about he it. Does, Think Kelsey is you John. just said you said last week Kelsey's a different plays a different position than Kelsey. Yeah. yeah. Think about it though with Andy. Andy is a kid who grew up shooting threes, but then got was the biggest player, so they put him at center. Andy, punt how many offensive linemen in the NFL today participate in the punt pass and kick competition? He loved it. He wanted to be a punter. That's what he wanted <laughs> to be. And they're like, no, you go over there with the big guys. He's like, no, I'm a quarterback. And um he's a little guy stuck in a big guy's body. Exactly. So that's that's kind of Shanahan in that way, too. But anyway, I mean, maybe they have a feel for the feel for feel. Do you, you scouted players in the NFL? You scouted college players. I think one of the questions I would have then for people who evaluated like you did is how do you evaluate a player's feel? Right. Because that is the thing when we talk about. Look how fast he ran in the game versus how fast he ran at the combine. What we're talking about is somebody who plays in a way that is different than how they appear on paper, right? So well, we're talking I, about scouting the games versus the the traits. I think the problem with him was is he ran a four six four, and in college he was not playing in space, right? He was he was up at the line of scrimmage a lot, like he is now. But he weighed 200 pounds. So you go, you couldn't go, well, maybe he could play linebacker, right? He was never going to play linebacker. And people just hadn't seen him play in space. And really, he they don't ask him to cover half the field, right? 
he is up around the line of scrimmage. He is around tight ends. He is, you know, triggering on wheel routes to running backs. Like they are not asking him to play like their other safeties, like Jimmy Ward does. So to me, when you get a guy, you have to go, we have a plan to use this guy because I see a lot people overthought it and 40 times don't matter. No, 40 times help determine your value. The the, the NFL draft is a marketplace. It's not his market value at the time. Like if he's a $300,000 home, you're not going to pay a million dollars for him. Everyone acknowledged he's somewhere between a fifth and seventh round pick. So it's easy to go, well, he should have gone in the second round. Well, at the time coming to the draft, there wasn't a soul in the league that thought he should be a top 75 pick. So you drafting him that high would be insane because you can get other players before you get him. That, that's where the post-conversation becomes kind of weird. I, I, I do understand, though, I remember him coming out and early on talking to friends last year of like what was his deal, and they just said they couldn't find a position. They didn't think he could play safety. And a lot of teams – do not have the safety near the line of scrimmage. The safeties are back. So they 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 basically, you have to be able to truly cover. And the one thing we can say about Hufunga is the Niners are not asking him to just man up with guys in the open field or play in space. When I look at the, the screen, 29 is up around the line of scrimmage or at least around Fred and Greenlaw, right? He is not back with Odom or when Jimmy's playing. He's not, he's not going to be back there. Now, occasionally he will, depending on the cover. It's like backpedal, but they, they, they are using him correctly. Part, part of hitting on players, like George Kittle's value, why he became such a star, is the Niners' fucking run game. Immediately they asked him to block, he dominated blocking. Like, you've got to ask the guys to do the right thing. And that's what Kyle, why I think they've hit on a lot of random guys, is because they specifically asked them to do what they're good at. Right? Which is coaching, right? Don't put a square peg in a round hole. No, and I, I think it's easy. That's why a lot of coaches are bad. Not because they don't know exactly what they want out of their offense or defense. It's because when they get involved in the draft process, they fall for a guy that actually doesn't work with what they're going to ask him to do, and then they get frustrated once the guy's on the team. And it's it's happened to Kyle. I mean, it happened to every coach or GM, right? You draft a guy and he doesn't fit. But I think the Niners, why they've been able to replenish so many guys is they found fits. They yeah. found fits. Yeah. You know, I you maybe think of when you're talking about draft value, it's um, what is success for a professional better? 55% or whatever the number is, 54.6%, right? Whatever the number is, right? That's what it takes for a professional better. The number, the percentage of its bets to hit to be a successful better. Think about that. If, you know, I, that's 45% misses, Right. That's a lot. Right. I mean, like you just are going to admit the 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 fifth rounder who succeeds uh is not unheard of. Somebody in the fifth round is gonna succeed, right? It's not like everybody who's a fifth round is some is is a guy that nobody thinks can play. But, but I just think part people struggle with once a guy becomes a good player, like this guy, how Cam Chancellor, for example, is probably the best quote unquote box safety of his generation. He was a fifth round pick. Like you don't need to get the sweet box safety in the second round. That's just not where those guys are going. Here, let me read you some of this because this is all. Here's the NFL. This is the. Um, it's uh, Lance Zerline writes this up. Zer, yeah, Zerline and then Chad Reuter. Uh, uh, um, but strengths, and these are. I'll read you the strengths and the weaknesses, and they'll all sound like they're the same thing. Has the size of a box safety. Eye-popping production in the 2020 season. 
forces blockers to account for him near the line of scrimmage. Rarely fall steps when reading and reacting to the play. Okay, so maybe that's an example. Maybe he plays a little quicker than he is because he doesn't uh, take a false step. Flows to the football with good leverage. Shows ability to dip under O-line blocks. Comes to balance and drives hips through contact. Hammers anything in front of him from split safety. Good pattern reading off from the slot. Proper angles when tackling after the catch limiting yak. Okay, weaknesses. Now, these are all very similar. Broke his right collarbone twice and dislocated the shoulder on the same side. Well, why, why would that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Suffered a concussion in 2019. Durability will be a major concern due to aggressive style. So this is Debo Samuel at safety. Athletic limitations could make him scheme dependent. Overly concerned, looking for misdirection, gets behind on the play. Maybe that's just teaching. Well, here's here's an example. Hufunga in the scouting report at USC was 199 pounds. I don't know exactly what he played at USC, but when he got to the combine after his, it must have been his. Wait, junior. he was 199 pounds when he got to the combine. Yep, that's crazy. You know, you know what Cam J- Chancellor was coming out of college? What? 230 pounds. Yeah. I wonder what Hufunga now looks like. He's 220. So think. Five? So th- what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I maybe two fifteen. Fifteen. He's just. I mean, Cam was really, really big, but I, I do think it's fair to go. This is how the guy's going to play. Will it hold? Like he's already shattered collarbones and got a concussion. He's not going to play differently. Will that hold up in the NFL? And maybe the NFL players. Well, the Niners had as big. The Niners' attitude is well. Let's see. If he only lasts two years, then that's what happens, right? That's how they play their guys. He had multiple broken collarbones? Multiple broken collarbones and a dislocated shoulder on the same side as the broken collarbones. Now, I don't know if that's three injuries or two, but um, will struggle to carry vertical routes down the field, sees breaks coming but can't burst to cover them, doesn't gain depth quickly enough with his pedal and swerve. (laughs) Uh, a source tells us, said a scouting director for an NFC team, you don't think he should be able to make so many plays. But there he is all the time near the ball. The injuries are a concern, though, and I think it pushes him down to the third day. So, you know, it's interesting. We've not really talked about his college injuries. when we. I, I didn't realize he was injured so much. It's probably not something we realized since, you know, when he was drafted, we probably read this scouting report and forgot about it. But maybe he would have been drafted higher if not for all yeah I, I i think a healthy same player probably goes you know has a chance to go third fourth i mean guy those are major multiple broken collarbones and a concussion i i just think you go could this guy immediately get injured because that's how that's how he's going to play <laughs> to me if he's uninjured he probably goes 100 spots higher than because it was clear right Everyone's saying the same shit. Uh, the Niners said the same stuff. People I talked to said the same. No one disputed like the guy couldn't play. You know, sometimes like I just don't see it. <laughs> you know, it's like a lot of hype on this guy. Everyone's like, yeah, you turn on the tape. 15 makes every other tackle and he crushes people. The only question is like, and then he'll shatter his collarbone. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's somewhat concerning, right? If, if you have foot issues as a wide receiver, right? That there are certain injuries for certain type players that would just make you nervous. I would say shoulders with big hitters. Honestly, would foot be, with anybody. Foot with everybody. I'm for nervous sure. for Armstead right now with plantar fasciitis. Yeah, it's a problem. Knee, it's knee with Kinlaw? Knee with Kinlaw. Absolutely. Uh, John, the Panthers are coming up this week for the 49ers. Who, By the way, the 49ers, I told you this before the pod, so I won't make you pretend to guess again. Second best point differential in the NFC right now. Go figure that one. 
Uh, I don't think you would have expected that, but they're not giving up points. Here's how few points they're giving up. Eric Branch with this nugget. The Niners are allowing 3.81 yards per play, which would be the lowest figure in the NFL since 1977. I'm pretty sure Dondi, uh, Dandy Don Meredith was calling Monday Night Football games in 1977. I know you like Troy singing on Monday night. The Panthers, the Niners' next opponent, are ranked 32nd in the NFL in total offense. So two things to consider. Big picture, lowest yards per play in the league since 77. Middlecoff's birth year. Kidding. And uh, the Panthers are a bad offense. You think Namath had a had a Namath cast in 1977? Hey, what's up? <laughs> Call now. Check your zip code. See if you qualify. Medicare is for you. Don't leave your money to the government. Do you think this ensures? I mean, it felt like he had a ton of momentum just coming into the season before the Niners defense is probably even better than expected. D'Amico to be a head coach. Or is there always an uphill battle when it comes to defensive coaches? Well, I just think I, the short answer is yes. He is going to be a head coach. And it feels like if you asked me to bet, I would bet he will be a head coach in 2023. We saw with Salah, there were, you probably could have bet he'd be a head coach the year before he actually became a head coach, right? And it might be, you know, D'Amico, if they have a great year and they've got the number one defense and he's got a bunch of this, these guys coming back, he might be in a position kind of like Leftwich, where he didn't have to take a job. He had a pretty good job going, right? Byron didn't have to take a job. Uh, it felt like he could kind of, he can wait and Byron Leftwich will become a <laughs> Well, he said no unless Balky gets fired. <laughs> yeah, right. So he, I, I think D'Amico will be similar. Should have bet on Balky. I mean, look at what this team he's put together. Doug's like, yeah, I'll work with a guy. <laughs> I, I think D'Amico, now here's a question. Is this the game that D'Amico shows the Panthers owner that this should be his next coach? Does D'Amico take get the Panthers job this week, holding Baker to six points? That is a good thought. I do wonder, do you think Tepper, after giving Rule a ton of money, even though it's like a ton of money, Rule was making a ton of money. That was just the cost of acquisition. Is less likely to go splashy? Or when you're that rich, kind of, you know, Steve Cohen with the Mets, like, I'm just going to try to hire the best coach. Like, expenses aren't an issue for me. I don't think anybody in football, Wisconsin, like we talked about last night, Wisconsin didn't just pay Paul Christ $11 million to go away, and then now they're going to have to go cheap on the next guy. They're going to pay even more money for the next guy. Nobody's spending less on coaches. They're spending more. Like I saw somebody like, ah, Mel Tucker got $90 million. I don't know, Teams are going to back off from that. No, they're not. No, they're not. The, the 80s haven't changed. Jimmy Sexton hasn't changed. The market has not changed. And the TV dollars are only going up. Same in the NFL. These guys are paying more for teams. Well, you pay more for a team. Does that mean you're going to save money on the coach or spend more money on the coach? You don't buy a Porsche and then put cheap tires on it because you spend all your money on your car. You spend more money on your tires. He's going to spend more money on his coach. I don't know why anybody – people always wonder, like, are they going to spend less on coaches now? No. I mean, the Raiders might, maybe, but they didn't. Even, even the Raiders didn't. They spent all that money on Gruden. It didn't work, and they just went and got Josh, who I don't know what he's making, but it's not cheap. He's not well, cheap. Well, he, he was making like five to be the offensive coordinator. So I, I, I would guess – if I had to guess, Josh making 10. I mean, I, I think Josh makes a lot of money. Panthers might be a good job. You get a new quarterback, good defensive talent. Yeah, good people like living in Charlotte. The only thing I think, do you remember when the Browns were interviewing Sala and Stefanski and then they played and Sala punked Stefanski and I was like, oh, Sala just got the job. 
playoff game, pumped yeah. the guy. The guy was like, it was mano y mano. And it was right. really, he was the offensive coordinator, solid defensive coordinator, and solid in the defense, fucking destroyed Kirk Cousins. And then Stefanski got the job. So I, I, it's a cool talking point, but, I, you know, one game does not. Now, this new owner, I, I, I would say it feels, it'll be fun thing to say, the potential. And I would imagine if they fire Rule, which Rule's in major trouble if he loses this game, like to get fired before Halloween because he's headed one and four, and then he's one and five, and it, it just get ugly fast. And their offense sucks, and they're probably going to get punked by D'Amico. Like, there is a decent chance the final score of this game is like 23 to three. I mean, Baker Mayfield has been atrocious, and this defense is going to be licking their lips if they can get back up for the game like they just did, which is always a little difficult. But I don't think that that guarantees anything in this kind of world. No, you I know we, we've seen I, it before. I agree with that. I but I, I bet that's talked about. People on Twitter, like he's sure. auditioning. And not that he's not. It's not like you would always want to show potential employers how talented you are at the job. But like, would Vance Joseph, you know, did he just audition for the, you know, he just punked Baker. Like a lot of people are punking Baker. Now, By the way, I'm going to show you a photo. For those of you listening to the podcast, I'll describe the photo. It's a, it's a coach. It's a white guy. man with a beard and a hat, and he's pointing. He's wearing a Bills hoodie and a Bills hat, and he's talking to a player on the Bills wearing a red jersey. Last name is Smith, and he's wearing the number six. Do you know who this coach is? LSU guy. It's Joe Brady. Yeah. Yeah, who not that long ago was about to be an NFL head coach. and was The, the, diff- the, the, the difference, the though, is guy. No, no, no. I'm not comparing him to D'Amico at all. Totally different. I agree. I'm just saying this it guy was – yeah. It would change us really fast. He was the o- OC for the Panthers. He got fired after. Did he even last the full year as OC? Yeah, he got one full year, and then he lasts like half the next he's year. He's the QB coach of the of the Bills now. Now you're right. He's not. D'Amico is. But wh- while well, yeah, you get locked. I-, I would say this: you get derailed, like thrown off the tracks. But think about that. Is Ken Dorsey? I was thinking about when Ken Dorsey freaked out, and then, and then I started googling Ken Dorsey, and you realize. This guy has been in the football vernacular now for basically two decades, right? As obviously the, the starting quarterback on one of the best college teams we've ever seen, middle of the road NFL backup type, but then goes into coaching, and now he's the offensive coordinator for a superstar. So, is Ken Dorsey interviewing for jobs this year? Uh, yeah, decent chance, right? Yeah. If, if you had to bet, is Ken Dorsey a head coach within the next year or two? typically the way it works right yeah yeah assuming i'm just gonna assume quarterback high level guy impressive the dugs the frank reichs like the former backup quarterbacks who then are good with offense are i would imagine are pretty impressive (laughs) we've met our fair share of just middle of the road quarterbacks they look the part walking in they have good a resume of coaching if they've coached a high level guy they're usually impressive they're guys guys they're good looking they just kind of they just kind of got it, you know. There's a reason a lot of people want to be quarterbacks, and a lot of women want to be with quarterbacks. There's just something about them. So think about this. Let's just hypothetically say Ken Dorsey gets a job this year somehow. The Bills are awesome. He gets a job. What if Joe Brady's the next coordinator? Then all of a sudden, in two years, right. Joe Brady's stock is back up, and he's a head coach. Yeah. I'm just just part of being it. a good head coach. Part of getting the opportunity as a quarterback, typically, you got to be around good players. And I'm not saying Joe Brady might be a fraud. Who knows? I don't know much about him. But, like, doesn't feel like anyone's having success in Carolina. No. Tacovas, oh, yeah. 
I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use game time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. They don't have quarterback. Um, I just eyeballed it real quick. I You could make the case that there will be 10 to 11, which would be high openings. Um, no, that feels way high. Well, I know. I'm just saying you can if if we went through all 32 right now, which you could you I and I said you think maybe you'd say yes maybe to like 10 or 11 teams. Just looking at it real quick. So I think the I think the average is like six and a half. So yeah, I know. Well, here I'll just Washington, New Orleans, Carolina, Arizona, uh, Dallas. Although Dallas feels like maybe not. But there's five. I, I I would bet against Arizona. Okay, I mean, he fine. just paid them I'll, a lot of money. Let me just give you the so Indy, Denver, the Chargers, the Jets, Baltimore. Maybe if something happened with Harbaugh, that's no, ten. Hollis two and two. I know. Uh, and Miami, if the league bans Mike McDaniel, would be eleven. So there's ten, and you're right. You can you can argue against three or four of them pretty easily. So maybe it's six to seven, but that's a lot of jobs that D'Amico will be one of the better candidates for. You know, the Dolphins just made up rules, like they're just clearly the league said you can't play him. Like no team, if a guy is just in the concussion protocol, just says yeah he's in the protocol. We'll see. Yeah. But what if Tua passes out of the protocol? When there's like he's out. Like so, you guys are just acknowledging that makes it look worse on that Sunday game, right? Well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw last night on m- halftime, Schefter was like, obviously, two is out this week. And I'm like, obviously what? What do you mean, obviously? Why is it obvious? I mean, I we all think he's out, but so maybe that's what he means. But like the week before, I would have said, obviously, he's out this week. And he's then he came back rules. into the game. Oh. 
So anyway, there's that. You want we kind of we weren't going to talk about the Miko necessarily, but uh, we can talk about just this game too. With again, uh, I'll just use the stat again: three point eight yards per play, lowest in seventy seven. The Panthers are not good on offense. It's I, I watched the Arizona Carolina game on Sunday. Carolina's offense is putrid. I mean, Baker really looks terrible. I've always liked DJ Moore. I think he's good. I had a buddy once compare him to like he's a poor man's version of Debo, but he's like he's he's built that way. He's a good player, but him and Baker clearly not eye to eye. We noticed a couple weeks ago when Christian got hawk, like McCaffrey, you just can't have that many injuries to your lower same, body. Man. He's not the same guy. They're in major trouble, guy. I mean, they, they cannot score points, and the Niners don't give up any points. Could the Niners win this game like 13 to nothing? I mean, you might not even take that much. Shanahan just packs it in. The thing is, Baker will throw you the ball once or twice. Now, McCaffrey could still break one off on you, or DJ Moore could score a breakaway touchdown. But it does feel like the Niners' defense specific, in particular is on a mission. Now, it might just feel that way because they're a fantastic team, and that's what fantastic defenses look like. But I do think they got a taste of of what might be the best defense in the league. You know what I mean? Like what it's like to be the best defense in the league. I think they got a little taste of it, and I think they're going to want more this week, and this is a BP fastball for them. Yeah, I agree. This is – you got to take advantage of this momentum because it felt – it was pretty devastating on the Denver game. Like, guy, you lose a game 11 to 10. I mean, that's that's a kick in the nads. <laughs> that was. Niners have had some devastating losses in the Shanahan era. That one, did you call it the worst loss of the Shanahan era? I did. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you could make the argument. You know, if Debo's touchdown was the best touchdown of the Debo yeah, era. Yeah, I also made that statement. And yeah. I, we could argue it, but I'm confident that, like, it's in the conversation. You it's know, an arguable even, thing. Yeah. And that win was big but now you got to keep the momentum because listen i'm i don't even want to bring up the game after that because i think it's so easy and you often do this in the nfl like ah because you can do it in college with good teams right win 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 this one's going to be tough win 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 in pros you just cannot do that but it's hard not to peek at panthers atlanta and not think four and two before i think the and then it's the chiefs game four and two because if you're four and two going to the Chiefs game, then it's like you're in great shape. The hard part is, I was I was texting someone about the Raiders. When you get below 500 a couple games as the season goes, to get in that nine ten nine ten win range, you have to go on a three game winning streak, right? If you are five and seven, the only way to get to the playoffs is you got to win like three games in a row to then get to eight and seven, right? And to have a chance to take advantage of the final whatever stretch of the season. When you build that little cushion, you can get to, let's just, I'll just pick a number, six and three. You can have a devastating loss. And you know what it is? Not a devastating loss because you're six and four. The numbers are on your side. Remember the Yankees earlier this season? They were having like the greatest season in Yankee history. And then they went on like that two-week span where fucking Aaron Boone's hitting the dais and everyone's freaking out. But you know what? They were like 30 games above 500. So it, they won the division. I, I looked the other they're day, they're going to win 100 games. Yeah. I, did you look? I think they're like seven or eight games up in their division. They clinched the playoffs like a week ago. You got to build little cushions in football. Like in college, it doesn't matter as much, right? Because for the teams that, you know, the 12 ish teams that want to go to the playoffs, there's just, 
there's one game and you're kind of derailed, right? And then you're just holding on for dear life. You can't lose again. In the pros, you know, it's wild. These coaches say, listen, part of the evaluation process that's hard, you just never know. These guys coming from Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Michigan, they're just not used to losing. Up here, like, we have awesome seasons. We lose six games, right? 11 and six. Basically, how many people in the, how many teams in the league right now would sign up for 11 and six? 30? Yeah, I mean, would the Niners sign up for 11 and six right now? So they're two and two. So that would mean you go, yeah, nine and four. Like with the Eagles? The, the Eagles was the team I was breathing about, wondering. Because there feels, like, feels like the Packers in their division, like if I'm the Packers, I think I get 12. Division stinks. Yeah, it wouldn't be great to go. If you're the Eagles, I think you want, you feel like, let's go get 12 or 13 and like be the runaway, get 13 and be the runaway one seed. I would not sign up for 11 and six if I was the Eagles. If I was the Chiefs, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't if I was the Packers. If I was the Niners, I wouldn't heartbeat. 11 and six, like I said, might win the division. But my point is to get to 11 and six, you do got to get to the point where you are six and three or seven and four, where you just have like, oh, you lost some random game, you're seven and five, then you win the next week, you're eight and five, and you just, you keep that buffer. And that's why last year, remember, it was three and five, and it was like you're holding on to the rope for dear life, and then they won a couple games, and they barely got above it. I mean, they, they easily could have been nine and eight if fucking Jimmy doesn't have the two-minute drive at the end of the Rams game, right? Yeah, yep. And nine and eight is now basically the new eight and eight. Eight and nine, nine and eight to me are basically the same. It's the difference. What's of like seven and nine? Seven and nine is probably the new seven and ten. Yeah, it's worse. It's not closer to eight and eight. It's closer to three games under five hundred. Yeah, yeah. Because I would say eight and nine is probably the difference in a fumble or a missed field goal when you really dive into it, right? Without question. Yeah. Just watch the lines. And then the same thing. And with they're probably not going to get to eight and nine. The Lions? Yeah. You can't get to eight and nine when your defense gives up 75 points a game. <laughs> when you give up 48 to Gino. I still can't believe how confidently he tweeted that Jared Goff's better than Matt Stafford. Like, I, I don't, he's not trolling or anything at all. He believes that to his core. Well, you said check the, for all you stats people, check the numbers, <laughs> which, you know, the numbers is what's going to help Goff. The eye test is not ever going to help Goff in that argument. That's part of the, the yeah. deal, right? He'd be like, don't check the tape. Look at the, look at the ESPN.com stats. Well, it's not like the tape is great right now either. No, it's, it's, Jared's tape's not terrible. It's just then you factor in the context, right? Because I I was thinking about this the other day. Like, uh, what was I watching? Was it, was it college? Like a sack, you know? A lot of guys in the league... Like what makes Aaron Donald great is not the play where Burford and McGlinchey go opposite ways and he destroys untouched and he gets to Jimmy in the split second. Is that he's able to make plays like that when he's getting double teamed, right? Like a lot of people can have production with no context. It's like, oh, he had seven sacks. Well, five of them were unblocked. Where what makes Bosa so great is like 14 pressures and he's getting double teamed the majority of the game yeah. or chipped. He's not sneaking up on anybody. Well, it's like Micah Parsons, like every game. Well, who do you think all week the offensive coordinator is screaming about, right? 11, 11, 11. You play in the Niners, 97, 97, 97. And those guys, it's what makes a great player. It's like, we cannot throw an inside pitch to this guy. Like, the only game plan is to try to get Mike Trout out. Or, you know, we are going to corral Steph. 
they're all coming at you. Every single person. Like, would you, listen, I like Juwan Jennings. And like I think you said last night, he's more of a gamer than he probably is a practice. And he had player. a drop right after I said that, but did. But like, you know, how often is he coming up during the week of the defensive in the defensive meetings? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's uh, we'll do what we can with him, but our pro- our focus is going to be elsewhere. It's like, yeah, if Draymond Green's going to hit some threes, we got to live with it because yeah. we can't just let fucking Steph Clay and and Kevin Durant go off, right? Yeah. There's a reason. I mean, but that's part of having a role. There's a reason that Juwan Jennings is open on big third down plays. But but it, you watch those plays, he still has to go make a play. It's still not easy, right? Well, for sure. But part of like, like ultimately, Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, like they are asked to produce, and the other team knows that ball's coming their way. When you're the third guy, you kind of get to fly under the radar, and then you get the opportunity, and you got to make plays, and then eventually, because they're not going to be able to afford you, you go Kendrick Bourne, and they sign you for more money to go play for the Patriots. I was watching Kendrick Bourne the other day. He made some plays. Like, you know, he's probably... Just on that team. He's probably a tweener. You know, probably two and a half. Uh, first round rookie left tackle for the Panthers, John, who's given up three sacks this year. So, we'll see. Amenowu? Ekonwu. Uh, Ekonwu, yeah. Amenowu's on no, the No, no, no. Right? Ekwanu. Ekwanu. Yeah. Ekwanu. NC yeah. State kid. Yeah. When did so. NC State become such a good football program? Cool you watch any of that game? That was like kind of a war between those two teams for a long time. Uh, was that Clemson? Clemson, NC State. Yeah, it yeah. was the Herbstreit game. Yeah, you know your boy. They had DJ, the lead. DJ's coming on. Uyunglele. He's playing. I mean, he's having I, a I fantastic honestly, season. I watched that game. I was like, you know what? I give. I mean, Dabo's just sticking with him, sticking with him, sticking with him. I've heard. I, I know a guy who's. Pretty tied. He just says Dabo loves the guy. He just Dabo really wants to do right by DJ Uyunglele. Really likes him. You see the tweet Dabo said last week after DJ the Wake Forest game went to overtime and DJ threw six touchdowns. The Wake Forest kid threw five. You know, they was like final score was like fifty to forty eight. Yeah, or something. And Dabo said after the game, like, so fired up for DJ. And then he said, listen, I understand that everyone wanted to see whatever the kid's name is. He claimed that he said, listen, we've recruited a lot of great players to this program in my time. This guy might be the best recruit we've ever had. Wow. That's what he said about the quarterback. Wow. Clemson ain't going away, guy. Wow. Uh, John, Tom and Giselle, according to uh, page six, have uh, each hired divorce lawyers. Multiple sources say, as previous, I'm reading now, as previously revealed, the couple have been living separately for the past couple of months after an quote unquote epic fight. Uh, they're now apparently uh, looking at dividing their multi million dollar empire. Said one source, I'm sure a close personal friend or loved one of one of the uh, Tom or Giselle, never actually thought this argument would be the end of them, but it looks like it is. Imagine having. Boy, what's the, what's the argument? Did it say what the argument is? Uh, well, I got to click on that link. Hold on. That's a link to a previous story about their quote unquote epic fight. Um, there's trouble uh, pop up. Uh, model left the family compound in Tampa for Costa Rica following a series of heated arguments over Brady's shock decision to unretire from the NFL while he's remained behind for team training. So, you know, maybe some insight as to Tom's departure is I think we kind of guessed uh, during camp. Remember that? So, I, you know, we have been on this for a long time because we we listened 
to the Wickersham book. And I want to pull for you something I pulled a while ago. It was when I heard this, because I listened to the Wickersham book as you did. It's better to be feared. This was when I first realized something bad could um, happen uh, as related to Tom's marriage affecting, you know, his career. Seed. Brady and Bunchen drove home from the stadium in his black Ford pickup. The sun was low. It had been a long year, and as usual for the Patriots, it was just beginning, with the playoffs impending. Sitting next to each other, their minds were in different places. Look at the moon, Bunchen said. The moon is incredible. I think we're supposed to play on Saturday night, Brady replied. She had a plan for New Year's Eve. After the kids were asleep, she wanted to start a fire and write a list of all the aspects of their 2017 lives to let go of and offer it to the fire. Brady quietly stared at the road. Brady was not down with that plan. I think when I heard that on was... Saturday night. <laughs> he's thinking he just played, driving home. She's thinking about the moon and the fire. He's thinking about, like, we actually don't play on Sunday. I don't have as much time to get ready, right? That's in his mind. Like, part of Saturday night yeah, is like, right. I got to start my preparation. Got to get up a little earlier tomorrow. I got to get the cut ups. I got to text the quality control guy to fire him in my iPad. And you got to tell the family, I know we usually have a routine, but this week it's off because I I already feel behind (laughs) already feel. Yes. Anxious. Do you think there's ever honest to God? I don't think this is hyperbole. Any player has ever truly loved their sport as much as Tom likes football, because it's one thing to like love playing and stuff. I mean, easy to say like Peyton physically could not keep up with his love. But when you watch him, do this stuff like he clearly his love is very high but he never changed the diet quite like tom did peyton always you know was a little lumpier yeah that's true i'm again we are talking the highest highest level like doesn't drink eats this weird food like he dedicated his life and now he's given up his family for the sport of football like ultimately he chose and this is also assuming like there's a lot like each other yeah but it can't be argued he liked football more than Giselle, right? At this well, point, it's also time. possible. Again, I don't. This is you know we have fun talking about Tom's career. I, it's sad people getting divorced, but um, is it though? I mean, have to. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's not. It's it's a hard time for him. I want to. He's a real person. Um, but um, you know, he had a stated long before before they got married. It certainly, it was clear that Tom, Tom said he wanted to play a long time, right? And so I could see how if that became a sticking point for them, like, hey, this is this was part of the deal when you got here. Don't try and there would be quite a bit of resentment if you try to get me to retire, which you and I both thought is what was happening. A lot of sarcasm on the Internet streets. Do you think he is more likely now to keep playing? A hundred percent. Now, he does have the deal. He's supposed to be Fox's analyst next year. But here's the thing about that. Like, you're gone again, right? Being a Fox NFL analyst, remember that deal? I forgot about that one. <laughs> and Burkhart and... Didn't they give him $375 million? They gave him a crazy amount of money. Burkhart and Greg Olson are doing great. But that's what this... Now, I don't know if Tom intends... Oh, to does play. Olsen get demoted immediately? Well, does Tom go to the number two crew, you think? <laughs> so, um, did we ever see the details is- of Tom's role? Well, remember, I asked all these questions when it happened. Like, are we sure? And the stories were like, no, that's what he's going to do. So I'm still skeptical that that's how it's going to play out. But my point is just, 
his idea of retirement is not retire and be home all the time. Could he be on the Niners next year? It won't die. You know, parents are getting older. Play a little cow club on the side with Steph. I don't think he'd like to live in California. I think he likes living in Florida, the tax advantages, and it's just where he lives is badass. Uh, there's doesn't quite Los Gatos ain't bring it up where his mansion on the water is looking like, but I do wonder if that comes back up. He's a free agent after this year, I think. Is he? Um, well, he signed. Well, he had one year left on his contract, right? He didn't change his right. contract. I think he is. This is year what three for him in Tampa. He would have signed a two-year deal initially, so maybe he does have actually another year on it. Yeah. Ali says he's a free agent. Says he's a UFA in 23. Okay, so he's a free agent. He only makes $30 million this year. He, he just wow. gives he's got to be the greatest deal in the history of life. <laughs> Definitely in the I history mean, of quarterbacks. Kyler Murray's making 45. He's making 30. And you and you think that's a bad deal? I would say that I would rather have Tom for 30 than Kyler at I'd rather have Tom for 30 than Kyler at five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would rather have Tom for 30 basically than any quarterback beside like Mahomes. Like I'd rather have Tom for 30 than Aaron for 50, wouldn't you? Because what I could do with the extra 20. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people might argue you just rather have Tom for 50 than Aaron for 50, even though Aaron's the MVP back to back. Uh, Might you, rather have Aaron for 50. Tom is a little more dependent. Another offensive line's banged up. I do think when you factor in the money, Tom's... I, I think, Michael, jo- I think money, Michael Jordan, his last year, 98, made 32 or something. How is Tom Brady not... Never once has been like, can I just get like 48 this year? Never once. Well, I mean, it's also factoring not just the money, but the level of teammate. Someone tweeted at me, do you think Tom will get alimony? Well, I did. When I was reading that, it did occur to me that is she richer than him? I don't know. Would that I mean, be a win for men who have rich men? Obviously, if you, you know, you, you know, I'm all for fair and stuff. I, I've I don't never understand been why either one of them has to pay the other one on this one. Yeah, I can't. It's just law. It might just be, it may not be that. It might just be as simple as here's this house is yours, this house is mine. You remember Mackenzie and Jeff had a pretty easy breakup? He's like, here's who? Here's. Mackenzie Bezos. Oh, yeah. And then Jeff, you know, he looks pretty happy. <laughs> Didn't did she give a lot of it away? Wasn't that the deal? Like she did not care. I mean, obviously kept a lot still, but yeah. You know, if you get five billion dollars and you give two away, you still got three. But now you can't buy the Broncos or the Cardinals or the Suns, you know. True. Mackenzie's so flying under the radar. Uh all right. Anything else to add today? I'm just fascinated to watch single Tom. What happens on the field or off the field? Or both. You think he gets asked about it tomorrow when he talks? It's weird. Like shouldn't care, but they kind of transcend, don't they? Their relationship. Or do you not ask quarterbacks? For I don't think so. Like my guess is people who cover the team knew why he was gone, that he was gone for this reason. And and they knew that, and that was just not going to be a part of – it was off the record or whatever. I do wonder if, like, when he was trying to 
I don't know if save his marriage, but just like, listen, I, I got to get away and figure this out. Are they mid argument? And he's like, Alex is here. I got to, I got to go train. We'll be back. We will continue this in about two and a half hours. Yeah. Like he, uh, Arians, no, just, Arians just showed up with some tape. Well, do you think he trained those 10 days? Yeah. I do. I'd be fascinated to know the details of that hiatus. Did he just go out of respect? Like, listen, I'm done with her, but... Well, it's probably so... She done like, with him? Uh, well, I think part of it, right, is you can't focus on... Like, you're trying to do your work, and you can't. Because you're texting, you're calling, you're, you just got to get it figured out. We just got to yeah. have a sit-down, as they say in the mob, you know? That's what it was. Say, like, I can't. She's texting me. I'm fucking trying to watch cut-ups of third down. It's driving me nuts, you know? I got to get this third down package down. And she just won't stop blowing up my my phone, Byron. Bluff, which is like, do what you got to do. We got, uh, well, we we got uh, we got Trask, and we got uh, really Tom. If you could make it back by week one, that'd be great. I do think Tampa is the strip club capital of the world per capita. Not you to see Tom. Tom at the bottom. No, end. no, no. I don't think Tom. You see Tom at the Blue Martini, but that's not a strip club. That's just a bar that I think Raheem Morris used to go to a lot when he was the head coach. It was a famous bar that just NFL people would frequent. Uh, the Clevelander. I guess that's Miami. Has there ever been a better example of Louis C.K.'s "I'm here for the sex" than just Tom Brady right now? Is he the most eligible bachelor in recent Tom memory? Brady. You listen to the book. I mean, it was Tom Brady after his first Super Bowl. Tara Reed, remember that story? I, well, yeah. I mean, Tara that was Reed young in the heyday, but now Tom and they just like come fly out for a date. Don't you think the people coming at him, like the level, like back then, it was just young, hot. Like now, he's forty-five. He's a dad, sexy, kind of got the the Dilf thing going, but he's still got this young vibe. He's unlimited, like money, just up the wazoo, fame right. level, cool. Everyone likes him. I mean, is yeah. this? Is it one of the greatest catches of all time at 45? Just hit the open market? The top female CEOs in the world are Bezos, power couple, McKenzie. You're saying McKenzie and Tom? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, just seeing Tom's previous relationships, I don't know if she'd qualify. Like, you know, Jeff. I was trying to think what is the equivalent of like Britney Spears, but without the off, off court drama? Who is that person? Because that feels like, like someone who's like a, you know, uh, not Christina Aguilera, like Madonna, if she was younger, uh, or like an actress that was huge in that, you know, in like the early 2000s. Or maybe like f- eight years ago, like um, who's the chick in uh, Wolf of Wall Street? She's Margot Robbie. I-, I could see. But currently she's huge. So, yeah, I mean, that's a little different than what we're talking about, but that would make sense. Would you be shocked if I was like Tom spotted with Margot Robbie at a Miami hotspot? No, that's a good. That I would not be shocked. A little a younger, wild than what I was talking about, but I don't think you can rule that out. Aniston is Margot Robbie. T- God, Margot Robbie is a fox. Margot Robbie, she married or anything? Um, I think she's married. single. Yeah. Um, Aniston. Older, yeah, too old. I, I feel like Tom's going to go a couple years, like yeah. mid to late thirties. Like he, he but how old is Margot I, Robbie? Like he's 32? going like twenty four. Leo how old style. Is Margot Robbie, thirty two feels. Yeah. That's that's wheelhouse right there. 
already women are all already like it, whatever their age is if they're 30 their maturity level often can easily click into like 10 plus years where guys go the opposite way she was Probably dating a rangers know. hockey player Sydney, uh, dated a director I, I thought it said director. Steve always Kerr. It said Sophia Kerr. I was like, God, she dated Steve Kerr. Always dated director. That's key. I think Serena got married to one, right? Well, no, he founded Reddit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that did, you know. I mean, let's face it. You just got cash. You got more options. You're Tom Brady. You have all the options. Yeah. But like that guy that founded Reddit, like if he was just... Oh, 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 had right, a little right, right. shop like he ain't married to Serena. Yeah, I, I know yeah. they're probably like legitimately in love or whatever. I know they have children, sure, but like sure. there's a level of trust that comes with finding someone as famous and as rich as you that they're not there to take advantage of you. Even right. though she was this great tennis player, he literally just fe- figured out this website where people just chat back and forth. I think he's got some other businesses, but that's the one I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the cash cow business. Obviously, yeah. I mean, it's worked. Yeah. Well, I, I want to see. Mar- I'm rooting for Margot Robbie. That's a good one. I'm rooting for him not to retire for several years. So this is all part of the sports landscape, you know. Margot at games. I mean, remember Jeter's Jeter's run was. They were everybody. I'm not everybody. The ones we knew of were very famous. ESPN now would fire everyone alive if they tweeted this out. Remember when they tweeted I out? Do. The- Sport- tweeted John. It was a Sports Center feature. Yeah. They did it on Sports Center, the starting lineup of all his girlfriends. They couldn't even comprehend doing something like that now, could they? No. <laughs> Which honestly, no. <laughs> yeah. It's when the internet was great. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Mailbag coming up later in the week. And uh we'll see everybody uh live uh, after that, also on Sunday as well. Later. Okay, to Tom. Like-